welcome back to the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. As always, I am Jack, and this is episode 55, or for you all you Rangers fans out there, episode one. Um, <laughs> so, right, uh, getting, the, getting the Rangers dig in early on, getting the Rangers dig early on. Um, and tonight, it's just Calvin with me, um, Charlie's off gallivanting, so I hope he enjoys himself. He's down south for a wee while, um, doing an event at his old university, so hope Charlie enjoys himself there. So, just Calvin tonight. How are you, Calvin? I'm good, mate. That we we tried for a wee bit before the cameras came on. You caught me off guard with that one. Uh, the the wee Rangers zombie dig there. So that was that was beautiful. Uh, well played, mate. Top top banner for you. So that was good. Uh, I'm doing all right. Just been at work that the day. It's been a fairly decent day. Kids and that went all right. Um, and just just plodded along, mate. Yeah, good. So I'm glad. Looking forward to the night. They'll get on the podcast, chatting a wee bit, <clears throat> seeing what other, seeing what you're thinking in that. No, absolutely, and um, for all the listeners, I'm good too. I was, um, unfortunately, didn't make it to Easter Road. I was helping out um, Edinburgh City um, women, obviously. Um, my wee role there, unfortunately, we lost to Renfrew away, but uh, it's still good to continue my work with the club and continue getting experience. So, aye, and plus, it was good to have a wee chat with Rachel in the car over. Rachel Cunningham's a good lass, so it was good to talk to her in the car over. So, we'll just jump right into it. And of course, um, the only place to begin is the 0-0 draw with Celtic at Easter Road. Um, a really impressive result, all things considering. Um, so going into the game, Calvin, what are you confident? Obviously, Celtic demoralised after getting put out of the Europa Conference League. I think they're getting at the Eurovision Song Contest now. Um, <laughs> after the Europa Conference League against Buda Glimt. Um, so what are you confident in the game, Calvin? Um... No, no, really. I wouldn't say I was confident. I think Celtic are a well-oiled machine. I think I think they've been really good this year. I just think that Ange is completely sort of um, just came in, cleaned out all the rubbish that was there and set new standards. And I feel like they're a very, very, very good team. They're a very fast team. They're a very sort of electrifying team. Like they'll pass you to death and they want to, they want to. It's almost like, they're not happy with a 1-0. It's like if they don't win 3 or 4-0, then they've not won. Like I feel like that's the sort of vibe Celtic give me. They want to score and they want to get in your face really aggressive. And um, I just thought, I just thought with the amount of players we had out, first team players and that, I thought this was a, a real opportunity for Celtic to take something from the game, from the fixture. And I thought I thought that Hibs would have had to have a near enough perfect. Uh, you know, inch perfect performance to to get anything from the game. So I wasn't feeling too confident. What about yourself, yeah, I'm, mate? I'm more or less the same as you. I think I had a bit. Obviously, I went one 0 in the score prediction, but that's always me. I'm always uh, a happy clapper, as they call them. Um, I always, I'm always sort of optimistic um, and hoping for the best out of these sorts of games. But I thought, you know what, Celtic have shown that they can slip up, especially with Buda Glimt. You know, so I, I was hoping. You know, that yeah. sort of demoralising defeat for Celtic. Hopefully we can sort of use that in our favour. And we sort of did, to be fair. I think we did use that. They were a really inspired performance from us, all things considered, but like I was saying. And from what I've seen on the highlights anyway, especially in the defence, which we'll sort of touch on later. But we'll move on. Um, and, you know, reaction to the lineup. obviously quite a depleted squad. Ten players out, or ten key players out due to um, injuries. So... We were obviously a few light on the bench, a few of the development squad lads being brought in as well. Um, so what was your reaction to the um, lineup, Calvin? When you saw, obviously, I think just to uh, sort of give my wee view on it first, I think it was as good as it could have been starting 11 yeah. lines, but I do think we were really light on the bench um, with quite a few of the development squad lads having to be brought in, including the boy we signed from Standard Liège as well, 
Um, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Maloney's going to have to do that more often <clears> um, now that we've obviously got Nisbet out injured as well. So we're up to 11. So sort of, what are first team key players out injured now? Yeah, I think I'm very much uh, the same as you, mate. I, I seen the lineup, and the only one that sort of jumped out on, out at me was the fact Dre Wright was starting over uh, Chris Muller. I just don't think Muller's really put a foot wrong since he's joined. I think he's looked lively every time he's came on. He's looked committed. He looks like he definitely wants to be there. Um, so I was a bit surprised that Dre Wright got the nod over him. Um, however, I think, like you said, pretty much with the injuries we had, pretty much what you would have went for. I thought he might have maybe tried to play Dodge up front just for a wee bit of hold-up play. I thought he might have dropped Campbell. Um, but no, he stuck, he stuck with it. And uh, like you said, the the bench was very, very sparse. Uh, very, very sparse. Um, so I knew if we didn't if we didn't get anything from the 11 that were on the pitch, then it was going to be a long, a long, a long afternoon for us. Yeah, and I, I think that was one was was interesting for me. I looked at it and thought, you know, why is Wright starting over Mueller? But, you know, Sean Maloney's a manager. He makes the decisions. I think it was a bit of a strange yeah. one. But, you know, yeah, you're not going to argue it. Actually, um, as we'll touch on later, Dre actually had an all right game. I don't think he was that bad um, no, from what I've seen. I, I agree with you. So we'll move on and like we've been saying already, a really strong performance from Hibs, especially at the back. But one thing I picked up on, and this is quite concerning with the injury concerns already have it, is Nisbet limping off. Um, a lot of people saying that he came out of the stadium on crutches as well. Um, so is that worrying for us, Calvin, that a player like Nisbet is coming off on crutches, given how uh, sparse the squad is already? Obviously, Melkerson has picked up a bug as well, apparently, so yeah. he can't play and might not be able to play on Wednesday. So is that worrying that Nisbet got such a difficult injury um, in the game? It's worrying in terms of him probably being our best striker, and it's worrying in terms of us thinking, right, where are the goals going to come from, especially because the league is so tight and every point is so, really matters. And the fact that we the fact we managed to take a point from Celtic has put us in good stead uh, going forward. And, you know, we've got Dundee on tomorrow night, Wednesday night, where we should really beat them. Um, so, you know, that's going to, that's another three points that will shoot us even further up and almost cement, start to, start to put the bricks in place to cement fourth place. But I just feel like when there's a bit out, it's like we've given ourselves more to do. Um, I think he's probably going to have to go with Dodge for quite a while. Dodge is probably going to have to be the main striker. I think he'll probably inject Muller into the squad more with Dre Wright. Both of them playing. I think Muller might have a more of an attacking role. Um, because I don't think I don't think Maloney will be willing to dip into the academy. I just I don't think he'll do it. I don't think we'll see the likes of Josh O'Connor or um Connor Young, I don't think we've seen those boys from the de- development stop squad take that step up, especially on they might they might make the bench, but I don't think they make the 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 first team if this if this injury is really seriously uh, serious for this bit. Um, but I don't think those boys will be starting. I think Maloney will try and make the most of the squad he's got there. However, I do know in his first interview when he came, he said when he was assessing the squad, he'd have to have a look about him first before he started going into the transfer market. So he's going to look at the development squad. So you might see those names thrown about online and things, but I'm not sure um, they'll maybe be integrated as quickly as we think. However, I think it's you know it's a good chance for Melkerson um, if he gets if he gets the opportunity you know to be sort of perhaps behind Dodge as the second main striker. Um, but what we've heard from Ranger Hot Dog and other people as well is that 
he's not going to be happy just to sit there. And I, I think I get the impression that Melkerson is probably just quite quite frustrated with the way his Hibs career started as well. I think he would have probably liked to have came in and been competing straight away, or came in and like perhaps been a been a contender or seen at least a debut. Um, so I think once he gets rid of this bug and things like that, he has got a point to prove. And I think you'll be looking to do that. So it might, might spur him on. Who knows, it might come good, but no, Nisbet's going to be a big miss to us, especially with the system mm-hmm. and how much hold-up play does. And again, you worry where the goals are coming from. Yeah, I think that, that is going to be a problem now when Nisbet out. But, you know, we'll sort of move on. And another player that stood out to me, again, watching the highlights, and a player that I've not been, you know, overly... I'd say overly complimentary about in the past couple of um, weeks has been Matt Macy. I thought he made some big saves, made some big saves in the game um, to keep us in it at times. So what were your thoughts on Big Matt, um, Calvin? Um, Still not convinced. I just think um, he made some big saves and he made some really good saves and credit to him. But the guy's distribution at times put us under a lot of pressure as well. Just gave the ball straight back to Celtic two or three times. He just the ball came to him and he tried to clean it and it's going out for throw-ins within our half. And it just it ultimately just gives possession back to them and it just looks like he's a bit nervous at times. However, he is a good shot stopper, so I know he's got other 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 aspects of his games that are good quality. Um I, I feel like he done all right. I feel like there was one point when he went down injured and it looked like Dabrowski was coming on. Um, and I felt sorry for Kevin because you could see, you know, he was at the side of the pitch and he was getting ready and all that. And he looked, he got a good reception for the fans. And unfortunately, he never, he never got to, to to come on. But no, I thought Macy was all right. He dealt with a lot of crosses and that really well. He could be a wee bit, a wee bit um, smarter with his timing and decision making could be a wee bit better. I mean, I'm not a goalie, so I'm not really qualified to comment on this. So as I said, there's times where like, He's maybe he's, he's across his came in and he's caught it and he's fell on the ball. And it's just like, ah, uh, didn't he be doing that like 30 minutes into the game? Like, can like, there's a pass on, like, get the ball out as quick as you can, like, get it to the wing backs and try and get it forward. Um, and then late in the game, he was throwing it, uh, trying to get us on the attack rather than like keeping a huddy at us. Like, nah, no, no, I'll do it. It's like, it's like the 84th minute, like, just keep a huddy the ball. But uh, no, he done well all round. I just think they still, still, still got aspects of his game he can work on. Um, but yeah. no, no complaints. I think he's decent, really decent. But it's decent, as uh, Mr. Joe Hart says. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think I was, I was listening to the game on the car through to them through on the radio with Rachel, and like I was, I was saying to her, you know, when Dabrowski was was warming up, um, or when um, the commentators on Sports Sound said that Dabrowski was. Warming up, I was really hoping that he was going to get on and get again. It would have been a good, big game for him to step up and again prove himself. But you know, Macy, absolutely, Macy got up um, and fair play to Macy. I think he he did make. I think it was one big big save. I think it was from I, I can't remember. It might have been from Kyogo or, or one of the Japanese players. No, no, Maeda, Maeda, that's, that's it. it uh, and he made a big big save. And like obviously, I I didn't get the visual on it because I was listening on the radio. But obviously, Bonner, who you've got to remember. He's a big legendary goalkeeper, um, especially, and he's a Celtic legend as well. Was sitting there saying, "You know, that's that's one of the best saves I've seen." Now, saying a keeper yep. that is a Celtic legend saying that about Matt Macy, you know, obviously you must you've got to listen to him. So I think that that is good that Macy has doing that because I think he has got a lot to prove. Um, as I, I'll say, it, I'll hold up my hands and say I thought he had a good game and he deserved to keep the clean sheet. 
Um, yeah. Because, and I've not been complimentary about Macy. I think I've said we've needed a new goalkeeper or I've said we've need, Dabrowski should be given more chance. But Macy proved that he, as to why he's starting and what I've just got to say to him is keep consistent. Keep having games like that, Matt, because that's why you'll prove the supporters wrong. Because uh, I've certainly been proved wrong. I love it when players prove me wrong as well. So we'll move on and talking about Mr. Decent himself. Uh, Joanne, a lot of, and I'm going to use a technical term, a lot of fannying about um, from Celtic at the back. And I think you know, we could have been putting more pressure on them. You know, Celtic were, Hart would pass it out to Carter Vickers and Carter Vickers would pass it back. And then they'd start mucking about with it. And surely if you put pressure on them in that situation, they're going to mess up. That surely one but, pass will go, well, one pass will go astray and then you're in because Joe Hart wasn't even standing in his goal. So Calvin, yeah, do you I think, think we maybe should have been when Celtic were in those situations? Do you think we should have maybe been pressuring them, or do you think we gave them too much respect in that situation? Uh, I think I think it was just sort of managing the game. I do feel like I do feel that there was there was times where well, there's one particular time where they did have it at the back Celtic, and we did press them really high, and you can see it. Hibs have put a, a, a clip about that. And we were pressing them really, really high. And, you know, putting them under a pressure, they did make a mistake. And I feel like with, with the depleted squad that we had, I feel like that might have been quite a big ask for us to do for 90 minutes. But I think we can pick and choose our timings. And I think we almost got away. We, we almost, you know, it almost paid off for us on, on, on that particular occasion. But no, I would, I would think the opposite. It was quite apparent the opposite was happening. Is like, the minute we had it, like, for a goal kick, like, Celtic players were like at the edge of our 18 yard box. Like they weren't backing off like 25, 30 yards out. They were at the edge of our 18 yard box. And the minute like we done a pass out, they were right on us the whole time. Like their press was intense. It was really, really intense. And I think the way we as a squad dealt with it was really, really good. And I think well, like you see, like we tried to mimic it as well because we actually we done it to them that once and it did pay off. Um but I think at that I think at that point of the match, Celtic were maybe more frightened not to lose the match. Um, so I think they were just just, just panic stations a wee bit where if they probably just remained calm, they'd have probably been all right with that particular yeah. incident. But no, I think uh, I think we done probably as well as we could have in terms of pressing with the number of bodies we had filling in in that for for jersey numbers, mate. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And also, um, just one thing I'd like to touch on is Jasper, deservedly player of the match. He was immense. I mean, again, watching the highlights, yeah. I think, you know, there was times he was picking up at the centre circle and just bombing it right down the wing um, and really putting the Celtic defence on toast. Um, so, Jasper, what was he your player of the match? Did Jenke deserve that? And do you think that's him showing how much of a good player he really is? And I think, you know, he, he seemed to me like a bit of a, well, a bit of a panic sign. And obviously we got him just right on deadline day, right towards the end of deadline day. So, so Jenky's coming really good now, and um, are you hopeful for what he could provide to us? Yeah, I think he's a confident player. I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. He's a confident player. He definitely. The one thing I like about Jasper, and something I noticed watching him yesterday, was he doesn't care who the opposition is. Like he will play his own game, and he enjoys playing football. That like, you can tell he just he just loves playing football. Like he's not scared. Like if he's playing Celtic, like he's not intimidated by their away fans. He's not intimidated by like. How tall and physical that Carter Vickers is, because he's he's an absolute tank, man. And he fell he fouled Jasper all day long, but it didn't put Jasper off. Like he still got on the ball and still tried to make things happen, which I thought was really impressive. Um, so yeah, Jasper, um, really confident, really sulky, uh, really good with his feet, 
uh, and he got us into a lot of dangerous positions. Um, but as I said, my, my main takeaway from sort of Jasper in terms of getting man of the match was I thought he had a really good first half. And I feel like he faded out a little bit. Um, he faded out a little bit towards the end. But no, he was he was fantastic the the whole game in terms of like not hiding. Like he wanted the ball, he wanted to be involved, he wanted to make things happen. Like he, he just wasn't put off by the opposition at all. Uh, which I thought was really, really good. I really was really impressed with that by him. Really impressed. You yeah. can tell he's got a lot to show, and he's a really skillful. He's a really skillful player. Yeah, absolutely. I think he, he's he's and that that point you made about him playing his own game. He doesn't care. You'll get a lot of players that'll maybe be a bit cautious against Rangers or Celtic. You know, they're a bit like, oh, it's Rangers and Celtic. I think he's come up and he's just went. You know what? I'm I'm going to play my game again. It doesn't matter whether it's Ross County, St Mirren, Rangers, Celtic. He, he just he just plays the way he wants to play, and that's what we need. We yeah. need a player like that that's not afraid of the old firm, that just wants to get stuck in. And I did say, I did say he'd be the player that'd stand out um, against Celtic. And I guess it's like I have a crystal ball, eh? You know, every time I see a player's got to stand out against a team, they do it. So, um, Sean Maloney, if you want some advice on team selection, you know where to find me. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, just before we sort of move up to the sort of move on to the sort of wrapping up um, of this one. Big Ange said in his post-match interview that Celtic strolled the game. What are your thoughts on this, Calvin? I did, I think it was an extremely arrogant thing to say um, from Ange Postacoglu. And usually he's quite a likeable guy, but I thought it was quite an arrogant and disrespectful thing to say, considering that um, we we gave them a hard time. We did give them a hard time. Yeah, I think I think we, uh, to be honest with you, I think Celtic done everything yesterday except from score. I thought, I thought, a lot of my mates are a lot of my mates are Celtic fans, and they've said that oh, Celtic were miles off it in that way. I don't think they were. I think Celtic played a good game, and I think it was it was almost a typical game where like, you could see them nicking it, you could see them scoring, and ju- just you know nip, 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 um, nipping in there and taking three points. I think a, I think a draw was a fair result. I mean, I don't think Hibs done enough to win it. I think we had flashes like a few chances um, that flashed across the box and all that, but the first half. Celtic put a lot of dangerous balls into our box and like we were able to deal with them and clear them. But I mean it's, it's a foot away from going in the back of the net. Like I do feel like Celtic, as much as Hibbs, I think Hibbs matched them. Like it's funny because I was looking at it and I was sitting in the stand and I was like, do you know what? This is probably the best you could have hoped for, like a nil nil at home with Celtic. But like in the past, we've had teams that would have really taken it to Celtic, like the Canberra and McLaren team would beat them 2-0 at Easter Road. Like, I think that was a better Celtic team than the Celtic team we're seeing now. However, I do think the intensity that Celtic play, they play in a much different way now, like a different sort of style of football. Um, I do feel like Celtic probably did dominate the match. I feel like if there was someone that looked like scoring, it was got to be Celtic. In my opinion, I do I do think that. I think Hibs matched them, but I don't think Hibs outshone them. I think, uh, I think that, you know... Nil nil was probably a fair result. I just feel like Celtic done done everything except to put the ball in the back of the net. And the reason I think they didn't put the ball in the back of the net, it wasn't because they had chance after chance after chance after chance. It was because Hibs actually played a really really good defensive match. Like we did match them, and we did you know step in at times and take control of. We took control of aspects of the game, and this is where I think Maloney's tactics of possession based football come in really well. It works really well against Celtic at home and it makes it look really good. Like, 
when we got the ball, like, there was an incident where like we had it in the midfield and there was like three Celtic players around us and we pass, 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 and it's back at Messi and he's got it at his feet and then he passes it out wide and we start again. It's like we were really good at keeping possession and working with the position we have, but where I think that's counterintuitive is when we're against Livingston at home and we're pass, 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 and no end product. It looks good against Celtic because Celtic are a very good team. And again, yesterday, there was no end product. There was one chance where Doig looked like he'd scored. Um, but other than that, no, I don't think, I don't th- I certainly don't think Hibs dominated the game anyway. I think Hibs, I think Hibs were in the match, but I don't think they dominated it. Um, yeah. And I might get a few powers for that, but no, I don't know. I think, just the way I've seen it, I don't think we've done enough to win the match, to be honest with you. You know, like I said, you know, I think for me, I completely agree with what you're saying. I just don't think it's a particularly good thing for a manager to say. You know, I, I think a manager shouldn't be arrogant like that, especially when you've just been held to a nil-nil draw by a team that has 10 key players missing um, and had to really sort of cobble together a bench as well. So I think it was a silly thing for Ange to say. I think we did frustrate Celtic. Um, as you said, I think that's where Maloney's style of football really comes into the fore against teams like Celtic that don't like to be agitated. You notice that Celtic team really do not like having their game plan upset. You know, we've seen the extreme of that against yeah. Puderglimt, where Celtic didn't get to play their game, and um, that was it. You know, they sort of collapsed. I do think we need an end product, though, and I've said it so many times, we do need an end product to what we're doing, we're playing good football. We are playing really good football, but we need to have that end product. So, um, yeah. well, just before we move on, Charlie sent in some points for us, but just before we move on to that, we'll do three players that stood out to us in the game. Calvin, your three players that stood out to you, shoot. Um, the first player that stood out to me, I think um, Cadden obviously had a good game. He's been playing really, really well. I think that... Um, I thought... I thought Rocky played pretty well. Rocky was really solid at the back. Like For me, he... It looks like he's got a mistake in him. Like it does look like he's got that in his game. It looks like he's, you know, he's no, he's partial to a wee mistake. I do think that he was impressive though at times. Like he really, really, you know, took control of some situations where it looked like we were in a spot of bother. Um, and there's a couple. I think Hibs have put a wee highlight reel out of him or something like that. I, I seen him. Maybe I seen someone post it on Twitter where he done a few sulky moves as well, and he looked really, really good. Uh, he looked pretty class. Um. So no, I think that was really good. I think he was good again. I like, I like, I like that type of player. I like Rocky. I think he's really good. Um, so him, Cadam, probably say um, put him on the spot here, mate. It, it's kind of hard to single focus as well because everybody was really good. Everybody was genuinely really good. Like uh, everybody done their job, and that's why we got the result we got. Um, I think the last was probably Porteous as well. I think with the week Porteous had in terms of the news and that they broke out. Um, I still think that he had a really good game. I think he, he strolled it. He's de- he's a very clever player. He's a very he's what he's a Scott Brown type character. He's one of those ones where like, see if he's on your team, you love him. But see if he's on the opposite if he's if you're on the opposition, if he's on the opposition to you, you hate him. The Celtic fans are doing that too, because I was kind of looking at him and I was thinking, like, wonder if he would be a Celtic captain in the future or something like that if they look at him because Ken is a good player, he hates the Huns and so forth. Eh? And I just thought to myself, I wonder if he would get uh, recognition for them. But he was winding them up as well. There was times where, like, it's quite quite often yesterday, the, the referee was poor. And there was two balls on the pitch at one point. And 
the ball, Celtic were breaking with the ball, and there was a ball next to Porteous, and he knew fine well that wasn't the ball we were playing with, and he just picked it up and was looking around like that, as if to be like, what ball are we playing with? Like, to try to get the game stopped, and they were getting on pelters, eh? Like, just clever wee things like that, I, I, I like about Porteous, and I think that's the sort of bite that we've needed in this team, like, we've, we've missed that, we've been pushovers quite a lot, I think, mm. and I just thought that was really, really good to see that from him yesterday. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Getting so, a bit nasty and play, playing a bit rough, eh? I like that. Yeah, that's what definitely I do. I do like that as well. Matt, three players that stood out to me. First of all, I'm going to say Josh Campbell. I think Josh Campbell had a, from what I've seen on the highlights and from what obviously like, other people have been saying as well, I think Josh Campbell had a good game, obviously. Again, another player I'm not often complimentary about. I think Josh really stepped up to the plate against Celtic. Um, I think because he was playing in that sort of more defensive role in midfield, he was more comfortable there. Obviously, you've got to remember he started off as a centre-half in the academy. So he's maybe more comfortable in that sort of role further back. So in the role that we sort of used to play Gogic in, I sort of thought he was in that sort of position. Yeah. Um, he, he, I think he looked good um, and he put in some good good tackles and was um, really sort of getting things going in the engine room there. So fair play to him. So I thought Josh turned it around and I just hope that he, we see more of that out of him. Maybe that now that Moen is going to play him in that position, he may, might come into his own a bit more. Um, so yeah, I think Josh Campbell for me, Dre Wright as well stood out to me again, I think Dr Dre a lot of people weren't happy to see him start but he came on, had a decent game um, so for me I think Dr Dre definitely and then I've got to say Jasper, deservedly player of the match I mean, oh yeah, I forgot about him the guy's just he's unreal he's unreal and you can tell he's a special player um, and we've got I think we've got the option to get him permanently as well so hopefully we can we can get that over the lines. I think Jasper's outstanding. He's got so much to offer us. We're only I think we're just seeing we're seeing little bits of what Jasper can do. I think we're going to see more and more and more um, as his time at Hibs goes on. So hopefully um, that comes through. But yeah, Jasper was brilliant, deservedly player of the match. Um, so those are my three players that stood out to me: Josh Campbell, Dre Wright, and um, Sylvester Jasper. So we'll move on to Charlie's points. Obviously, because Charlie couldn't join us, he has sent in some points of discussion. So we'll very briefly. Um, go through and we'll see whether we agree or disagree um, with Charlie's point. So first of all, is Campbell a better CDM than a centre mid? Calvin, you're th- very briefly, do you agree or disagree and a wee reason why? Um, I think I'd... I didn't want to jump the gun and say I agree. I feel like yesterday there's a lot of people raving about him online because he had a decent game. Like, it was a decent game. It was... It, 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 not... It was a decent game. I did want to get ahead of myself. I felt like there was a lot of times where he gave the he gave possession away really cheaply, um, but I think he's definitely more of a defensive mid than he is a creative midfielder. He's definitely not a creative midfielder in terms of like making things happen, like creating things. And I I, I don't think he's a, he's an attacking midfielder. I think probably if you had to guess, he'd be a defensive one. So yeah, I would say I would say he's probably a better defensive midfielder, but. I think there's probably better defensive midfielders out there that we have, um, like a Marvin Bartley type of character. Like he, he, yeah. he, 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 I mean, he's good at getting rid of the ball, but he's not very strong in terms of like standing up and being counted for. I don't feel personally. Um, so yeah, um, I think I've got to say I agree with Charlie there. I think he is a better CDM, and it, while he did make still make mistakes and gave the ball away sometimes. I think he looks a lot more comfortable in that area of the park. Um, I think that's where his game is best suited to as well. So I do agree with Charlie there. So Charlie's next point is Dre Wright 
does he have something to offer to the team? And Charlie thought he was class. So, Calvin, thoughts on that? Um, aye, I think that's the... It's funny, Charlie's changed his tune this week. I think he was one of the boo boys last week, eh? Um, he him most certainly was. Boys. It was right in my ear, so yeah. First touch you did right last week, he was getting on pelters. Um, but no, I think... Um, has it, he's obviously got something to offer the club because, I mean, we've seen something in him and he was St Johnston's best player. But it's the same old story. I mean, we sign I mean, we sign players for the teams around us like we should be doing, like feeder clubs, like you should be we should be buying Kilmarnock's best player, we should be buying Motherwell's best player. Teams like that you'd expect. I mean, Hearts have done that for years as well. Like I always use this example of the podcast, but my mate used to say, Oh, I heart signed John Sutton and he was hopeless and he went back to Motherwell and he was brilliant. Like it's the same thing with Jay Wright. I mean, look at Paul Heffernan when we signed Heffernan. Like he was a fantastic, he was a fantastic one, mate. Um, he was a fantastic signing, but he was hopeless when he played. So, yeah, I do think he's got something to show, but I hopefully he can show it soon. Yeah, um, and Charlie's last point was: Does our bench prove that the January window wasn't as good as people believe it is? And oh, I'm sorry, just before I say, I think I've already sort of said about Dre. I think he does offer something. Obviously, I think Maloney was a clean slate um, for him. He wiped the slate clean, and I think he's been trying to prove himself. And I think fair play to him. I think from what I saw in the highlights and from what I heard on the radio, he had a decent enough game. Um, so, aye, I think I think Dre has got something to offer to the team. I don't think he's a starter. I think he is more of a sort of sub now. Um, but I agree with you that, you know, you take a risk if you look at the other teams in the division, you want to be signing their best players, obviously, because they've done well and they've proven themselves. But then yeah. you, it is taking us because maybe they, aren't, they can't quite step up to our level. I mean, look at Gorgic, for example. He was one of Hamilton's best players that season. And I don't think Gorgic really sort of stepped up to the mark. Um, I, th- yeah, I don't I think he was that. at Hibs level, came what I mean. So it is a risk. But I think Dre does have something to offer to the team, definitely. Um, and I think I'm, I'm impressed with him. He's, he is, he's had those games like Dundee United away. Um, on Boxing Day, and yeah, yesterday was one of them again. So I do think Dre has something. So very quickly, Calvin, um, moving on to Charlie's last point, Jenkins bench um, proves that the January window wasn't as good as people believe it was. Yes. Yes. Yes, I believe that, mate. I believe that it's not it's not as good as people thought it was. Um, I think, yeah, squad depth. The the squad depth's been a it's been an issue not just this season but last season as well. Like that's why I feel a bit sorry for Jack Ross. Like Jack Ross came, uh, his squad was really thin as well. Um, so I, it's the same same issues. Yeah, hundred percent. I I think I've got to agree with that as well. I think it is a thin squad, and we've got a lot of um, building for the future done. But unfortunately, the future isn't now, and we need to focus on the here and now. With what we you know with the position we're in, and I think because these injuries, you're going to see lads like Runa Hauger, like the lad we signed from Standard Liège, I think like the American lad as well, that we're going to be seeing them, I think, getting chucked into the deep end pretty soon because we need we need them. I, th- I think Runar Hauger, to be honest, like I think Runar Hauger, if he does get his chance, which I think inevitably it's coming with the injuries we've got, if Runar Hauger does get his chance, he might be the next Haaland. Instead of maybe Melkerson was the pretender, maybe it's really Runar Hauger we should have been watching. Um, instead of Melkerson, Mel- Melkerson was a pretender to the crown. It's really Runar Hauger that's the star man. So we'll, we'll just have to see. But that was all our reactions and points from our 0 0 draw against. So we're going to move on um, to our next game, the men's next game, which is 
away to Dundee, or as some people um, like to call them, Scumdee, um, if, you're, if you're that way inclined. And we're up to Dundee, um, a beautiful city, not um, to, to go and um, play Dundee at Dens Park. Um, so they're struggling quite badly, Calvin. So are you confident heading into the game? It's a game we should win, considering that McGee's come in um, and we've sort of, that's not been the answer and Dundee are looking very shaky right now. I think relegation's a foregone conclusion for them. Yeah, I think shipping four goals to Livingston says a lot uh, because I think that that's probably a game that Dundee might have looked at and thought they could have won. And don't get me wrong, I think Dundee's a game that they'll look at us and probably think they could win. I just feel like it's a really good opportunity. Here's the reasons why I feel like we might not win. Number one, they've just been scudded 4-0. Number two, the fact that it's another great opportunity for us to try and cement fourth place. Um, so with those two things up for grabs, uh, or those two points, I feel like we probably will struggle. Um, especially with a lot, I, I feel like we'll, we'll, it will be, a, we will win the game, but it won't be as easy as everyone thinks. Like, they're, they are going to, they know they're, they're going to be really, really tough and compact and hard to beat. That's not really the style of football we're good at playing against. We're good at playing against teams that open up against us and want to come and have a go. Like, that's when we play our best football, when, when teams come for a game. But when we, when teams come in and they sit back, we find it very hard to break down. And especially when we've not got that end product at the moment, I think we think it's going to be a bit of a struggle. Yeah, definitely. I think, I'm a, I actually, I'm confident, mate, and I'll tell you why, because I think Dundee are just so low on morale right now. They've got a new manager that maybe wasn't the most inspirational choice of a manager, to be honest. Um, do you know, all Maloney needs to do is shove a phone in his face and that'll be it. He'll be too, he'll be too angry to want to um, play play any sort of football and do any tactics. So that'll be it. The, the, the whole squad will be done if you shove a phone in McGee's face. He'll, he'll be done. He'll, 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 he'll run away crying. So, um, so um, yeah, no, but see, on, in all seriousness, I am confident because I think this Dundee team's so demoralised right now. And I mean, Shipping four goals to Levy for them was a bad one. I think that was a winnable game for them. Um, as you said, I think that was a winnable game for them. The games against them have been tight again this season. Obviously, we won thanks to that hilarious own goal at Easter Road when uh, Sir David Gray's Green and White Army, um, obviously, um, when David Gray was interim manager um, before Maloney came in last year. And then also we had the 2-2 draw at the start of the season as well, um, which was a sort of frustrating one. So yeah, but I am confident, and even if it is a tight game, I think we'll I think we'll still win because Dundee are just they're in a mess right now. You know, not they're not uh, like Ross County or St Johnston where they're still quite well organised and they have got like semi competent ex managers. Like McGee's not a competent manager. He's proved in the past that he's not a great tactical mind, and also Dundee have just got too many problems in their squad as well. Too many older players, too many sort of championship standard players as well. So I do think that we should go there and beat them. Having said that, I think we did need to be more direct. We need to do what we did against Ross County, which is not be afraid to sort of take pops from outside the box and really just sort of focus on... Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That, running at them, just key. running at them and being direct instead of passing it about. Because Dundee will just sit and defend. We know that. We've seen that again. The twice have played them this season. That's what they've done. They've sat in and defended, and that's what they've done against most teams. And it's got them results out of some games as well. So, um, 
been sort of talk very briefly talk about lineup, Calvin. With so many players missing, how do you see us setting up? Exact, exact same, exact same as 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 a Saturday there. Probably, I think Nisbet will step out, and I think Muller will step in, and they might try and play Muller through the middle, maybe a wee bit. They like could because he can play in that position. He can play as a sort of attacking um, yeah. midfielder, sort of in behind the striker. So could be a four six zero. <laughs> well, you never know. You never yeah. know. Um, I think, yeah, it's going to be the same line. I could see a few more of the development lads coming on the bench. I'd like to see Runar Hauga come onto the bench, actually, seriously. I really think Runar Hauga, I'd like to see him sort of be given the opportunity, um, even if it is just on the bench. I'd like right. to see Melkerson, again, even if it's just on the bench, and him come on and maybe get up some game time and make a debut. Thing so is, that's mate, it for a, me, line-up-wise. Right, it'll so. be a cold, cold Wednesday night in Dundee. Someone will need to give Runar a proper pair of gloves. He'll be fighting. Oh, Christ, he's from Norway. Come on, Norway makes done decent. Someone will need to get Norway. one of a pair of gloves. Remember, he had the hole in his glove. Yeah, but still, he's Norwegian, so he should be used to it. doesn't matter. He doesn't need gloves. He's Norwegian. Just Dundee <laughs> will probably enough. be like going to a tropical island for them, temperature-wise. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, I think Runar Hauga, I'd like to see him get a chance. Melkerson, if he's, if he's passed the wee bug that he's got, hopefully he can get a chance as well. So, very briefly, mate, what's your score predictions for Wednesday night? 2-0 Hibs. Right, I'm going to say, I'm going to say two one hubs. I think right. two one hubs. I think um, Dundee are probably. I think Dundee will probably score. I don't. I don't know why I think that, but I think they do. They have got some quality up front. They have got sort of wee glimpses yeah. of that. So I do think they will score. Well, but I think we'll do enough it. to outscore them. I think what it could be is we'll be turning them up and they'll get one back and sort of make it nervy for us. So I think. So I think two one hubs. So we'll move on to um, our last little segment today before we have the quiz, which is the Hibs women. Obviously, Hibs women were away to Glasgow City, travelling along the M8 to face their old rivals in the Scottish El Clasico. So, Calvin, what are you confident heading into this game? Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think it was a bit of a free hit. I feel like the women, I predicted the 1-0 win for Hibs and I was almost right. Um, I just feel like the they give a really good account of themselves. I feel like Glasgow City, as we know, are a very good team. I feel like I feel like Hibs are um, a bit. I feel like we are where we are, and I think that's as best as we can do is fourth place. And I feel like anything above that or any results above that, I think it's it's quite cruel because if you look at the results, it's like we're so close, like but yet still so far. Mm. So it's like. 1-1 one, one against Celtic, and then it's like getting beat off of Celtic, but like it's, it's never a pump, and it's always only like one or one goal in it. And it's like Glasgow City, I know they beat us in the last time, but that was really close up until the last 10 minutes there. But it's always like so close, yet so far, like we're yeah. just, just, just beat by one goal, or we're, you know, we fight them real close and we lose at the end. It's, it's quite, it's quite a shame. I think it's quite a shame, but no, I, I, I think, I think, uh, uh, I know people don't like the term free hit in football, but I feel like it was a bit of a free hit. Yeah, I think with how, with how much Rangers are running away with the league, um, I thought that we were just going to play Glasgow City side that had given up. You know, they're second. Celtic can't really catch them now and in second. So they're, they're guaranteed Champions League next season anyway. Um, so it's like, well, they've not got anything to play for. They can't, they can't get a 15th league title in a row. They 
can't do any worse than second. They're guaranteed to be in the Champions League qualifiers. So I thought they're just, they're just no, that same. They're just off on their jollies and they're only going to win the games they need to win. And I think you could see that. And that's so I was confident. But then again, I was like, well, it's Glasgow City. The game's always tight. And I was thinking, we'll get a draw. And I was really close as well when I said 2 2. Um, because obviously it was 2 1 to Glasgow City. So yeah, obviously, right. obviously, Calvin, um, sort of just briefly, reaction to the lineup. Obviously, Coyle was on the bench, Jink. That's maybe her having to recover yeah. from not playing because she went out to America. And also, I, I've got to say, I, I called this again. I think. I'm going to start telling people's thoughts. I'm going to start telling people a lot of them. As I said, Penman would start. And she did. Um, yeah. I, I, did, yeah, I knew I I, she was deserving of it for me. She was deserving of it after her performance against Gatkin. I think from what I've seen on the highlights on our good friend recast. Um, so remember, you can get all your Hibs women um, highlights and full games on recast, um, which is great to see recast partnering up with the women's game. But um, yeah, I, I think watching highlights on recast, I was like, Penman had a Penman had another really good game again, and um, you can see why we've signed her. So I, I think seriously, she's she's a she's a bit of a pretender right now, but I think she could um, dethrone Amy Muir as ever starting fullback, um, starting really? right back definitely. I think she's capable. I know that Amy Muir's away injured, and I think Jenner's really sort of stepping up to the plate. But anyway, Calvin, your your brief reaction to the lineup. Yeah, I didn't really have a reaction because I, 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 I didn't see it because I was at the I was at the men's game and I think I think the timing of the game started while I was at the men's game. Um, I think they kicked off at one. Am I right? So yeah, I never yeah. I never seen the lineup of that. I wasn't on my phone. I was I was watching the match. Unfortunately, I didn't I didn't see anything, mate. Um, what's your sort of well? What's your thoughts then? So yeah, I thought I'd briefly. I think it was as good. It, it was a good team. It was a strong team. Um, strongest team we possibly could have put out. Um, and like I said, I was happy to see Jenna getting the chance again um, because she, she is a good player. So, you know, I'll sort of rattle through the rest of it because um, obviously um, you were at the yeah. uh, men's game. So, and, and I did manage to get wee bits of the game uh, on my phone when I was in the car through with Rachel. So we we obviously go 1-0 uh, up. Great goal from Kevin. I've got to say, Kevin, or as we call here on the podcast, the ginger Ronaldinho, you call her that, mate. I, I oh, no, no. Come on, Calvin. You're, you're getting dragged into this or not. Um, no, so yeah. Ginger Ronaldinho, um, she she is excellent. She only scores screamers, Calvin. Yeah, I, do you know what? See, when I seen that goal, I thought, well, Jack's right. She only scores bangers because that was, that was a fantastic goal, by it the way. Was a, it was a we're brilliant goal. We're all raving goal. about Doyle Hayes' goals, but it was, it was bloody good. It was an excellent goal. Excellent goal from Cav. Then, unfortunately, we were just unlucky. Glasgow City, um, got those two goals and then that was it. I think you've got to be mentioned, Chia scored their goal um, their equaliser. I think it was, a, it was a good goal. I don't think any any defence, any keeper could have stopped that, to be honest. Um, but talking about defence, Siobhan Hunter um, has obviously been listening to Rocky, absolutely ballooted a ball out of Peters Hill Park. I think that's probably broken a window on the high flats oh, in Glasgow somewhere. Um, I, I thought that that's when see those big tower blocks you get in Glasgow. That ball's probably pelted a twentieth floor window or something. But um, I, I think Shivs is actually better than Rocky. A lot of people say who did it better. I definitely think Shivs is better than Rocky. The amount of power on that was was outstanding. But I think right. yeah, well, that's I, I, I can't can fault us in that game at all. We played really well. We put in a solid performance. Then the end, Glasgow City just got the rub of the green and got a bit of luck on their side. So to be honest. You know, it's just one of those ones where you've got to go down dwell on it, move on. And it is upsetting for me because we deserve more out of those games. We des- it's another game where we deserved at least a point. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, 
I wouldn't say it was frustrating, but I would say it's disappointing because we put in so much effort into these games, and then the the, the bigger teams always just seem to edge out, edges out. The Glasgow three always just seem to edges out in games, so it is disappointing. But it, it makes me confident that if we if we play them again in the cup, I think we could beat them in that setting. Like I said, Glasgow City don't have much to play for this season apart from the Cup, so I think it would be a bit of a more um, pressurised match for them. This match, it doesn't matter. Literally, Glasgow City, they can't win the league and they're, they're guaranteed Champions League qualification just now anyway. So the, 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 a league game doesn't matter to them. A Cup game will, and maybe they'd slip up because of the yeah, pressure I get that. in a Cup game. And I think, yeah, fourth's the best we've got to do this season. That doesn't bother me, to be honest, because we're building a platform for consistency. You know, and that's Hopefully, what we need. Yeah. We need, a, we need consistency, you know what I mean? We definitely need consistency. I think just building up that platform and then maybe try to build towards third. Or even, like I said, we've still got a shot at Champions League because if we win the Cup, um, depending on what UEFA sort of says about it, because um, the Women's Champions League doesn't work like the Men's Champions League where it's set in stone, the qualification. You, the Women's Champions League, it changes every year what qualifies you for what and everything. Right. So, you know, I think if we win the cup and we do get that's still a route into the Champions League, and I'd love to see us play Champions League football. I think we're more than capable of it. So, yeah, it's for me my sort of closing thoughts on Glasgow City are it's disappointing, but you just got to sweep it to the side and move on. It's a game we deserved more out of at least a point. We got unlucky. That's that. Just move on. There's plenty. Um, more to focus on this season and we've got loads of positives so it's just a case of picking ourselves up and getting back on the horse that's it for me Calvin have you got any finishing thoughts no just that just that I think I think I think the performance showed quite a lot of heart um, it would have been quite easier for us to lay down and not compete because we're pretty safe in fourth place and I think everybody knows that I just thought it showed a lot of heart so I was quite proud of the girls um, especially to take the lead yeah shows exactly. you we're still, still in there mate yeah, exactly, mate. 100% agree with you. I think that we showed a lot of heart. We really did. And we, we, we just deserved, we deserved a point, at least, like I was saying. So that concludes the um, Hibs Women Review. 2-1 loss to Glasgow City. So now move on to the High B quiz. I'm the quiz master today. So as always, six questions, three on the men, three on the women. So Calvin, are you ready? I'm ready, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Right. So, first question. This one is multiple choice. Who did Hibs beat 2-1 in the 1972 League Cup final to lift the trophy for the first time? Was it A, Rangers, B, Celtic, or C, Kilmarnock? I think it was... I think it was Rangers. Is that your final answer? Yes, I'm wrong, I'm not. I can reveal you are wrong. It was Celtic we beat uh, 2-1 in the final. I've got to say... I'm all bad playing this quiz, mate. I'm all bad I've got to say, I sent it over to Charlie earlier since he wasn't coming on and Charlie got five out of six. So, you're already... Yeah. Aye, thank God for Google, eh? <laughs> now, now, He's now. not doing it in real time with the pressures and that. So, you're already... Yeah, so that's, that was... So, the answer was Celtic to that question. Number two, what Italian giants did Hibs beat 5-0 at Easter Road to seal progression 6-4 on aggregate in the 1967 Fairs Cup second round? Napoli. You're correct. Well done, Calvin. Was it the game? Beat Napoli 5-0 to seal progression um, and one of Hibs' many famous European victories there um, and overcame a 4-1 deficit to come back and win 5-0. the programme for it, mate. I've got the programme. I, I think 
Oh, I don't think I have that one, but you sure you've got the oh, program? My dad has. It's in the bloody loft. I'll never see that. Oh, but yeah, so that's, that was that was really good. You consider four one down coming into the game and one five nil at Easter Road to see progression six four on aggregate. So you're you're um, currently one point. So number three now, you should get this one. I'm, I've given you a wee easy one here. What five play? What five base championship club did we sign Kevin Nisbet from? Dunfermline. Correct. Well done. So we signed Kevin Nisbet uh, from oh, Dunfermline. Oh, the pressure rising. The pars because after he had a really good season with him, I think he was like absolutely outstanding for Dunfermline that season. You remember in the championship? Uh, my next door neighbour is a Dunfermline fan. He quite often talks to me about him. Uh, yeah, he's a good player. I think, you know, Dunfermline. I mean, you know, they're night and day from what they are now. Back then, obviously, like they're making a big charge to the playoffs, and yeah, they had a quite an impressive squad, Dunfermline. So you're currently sitting on two points out of a possible three heading into the women's questions. So, start right. off with the first of women's questions. How many times have Hibs women won the Scottish Women's Premier League? Was it no multiple choice? No. No. Uh, I know they won the Cups. Jesus Christ. They, they won the Cups, did I guess four last time when I said they won the Cups four times. Um, but I say three. Well done. What I guess, Kelvin. What I guess. Right. Hibs women have won the Scottish Women's Premier League three times. Yes, I, th- I knew I knew it wasn't that high. I knew I knew it wasn't as high. I I I know that because I I used to think it was super high, but then uh, I, I checked it out not too long ago, and for some reason I had four in my head. But I don't think I guessed that before I got it wrong. Yeah, so, there you so go. the same amount of times as the men as well. I think with the league, or maybe the men have won it four times. But uh, anyway, men have won it four times. Four that's times. My, there we go. That's where the four comes for, right? I was forgetting the nineteen oh two. I was forgetting the nineteen oh two league, but we won it three times in the fifties. So, um, the men. Right. So there we go. Moving on to question five. Now, see, this is the hardest out of the women's questions, but it is multiple choice. So, what Georgian side did Hibs women beat to qualify for the Champions League in twenty nineteen? Was it A. Dinamo Tbilisi, B. Dinamo Batumi, or C. FC Tbilisi Nike? Uh, 2017, 2018. 2019, mate. 2019. Um, so, do you want the options again? Yeah, it's not aye, but it's not like it's going to help. So, Dinamo Tbilisi, Dinamo Batumi, or FC Tbilisi Nike? Probably say Nike because it's easiest to say. You know what? You are a lucky, lucky boy. You're correct. You are correct. That's the one that catches your ear, so I Tbilisi Nike. Didn't he ask yeah. what the score like? So we beat them. So it was so basically the women's champions league qualification is like a group. So you go out right, to, right. one of the teams will is choose to hold is picked to host it. So you'll go to the country that that team's from. So we went out right, and yeah. it was played in Slovenia and the, we won all three games and we beat Tbilisi Nike 3 2, and that was a game that sealed our progression. Um, so, so we won all three games in the qualification group, but it was the one against Tbilisi that um, officially qualified us into the Champions League, and then we got beat by Slavia Prague um, in the first uh, round. Right, I remember that one. I... So, the, I, so you're, um, 
you're doing quite well. Actually, actually three, three right, four right, or is it three or four? How many? I've got one wrong so far, which is the first gen. Yeah, so it's four. Yeah, five. You've got five right. No, four, four, right. four, 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 four. Right. I right, got yeah. I'm, I'm away with the fairies today. Anyway, <laughs> Christ. Anyway, number six. Last question. Let's see if you can match Charlie. I've got to say though, that's the question that Charlie got wrong. The um, what George was said, it? Right, right. Thought it was Dynamo Tbilisi. So you're um, you're you're, doing, you're sort of doing better, Charlie. Right. So see if you can match Charlie. What club did Hibs Women sign star fullback Amy Muir from in 2019? Rangers. Correct, you are correct, Calvin. I know, I know that. I know that one. I know that one because I, I remember she stood out in one of the matches because she was really good. And uh, you told me that, so I learned from the best. Yeah, you're learning from the best, exactly. So yeah, I can reveal. Came from Celtic, eh? Calvin. Yeah. I came from Celtic, so I remember that. I remember that. So I can right. reveal that, Calvin. You have scored five out of six. So you matched Charlie, but Charlie, you Charlie got the hardest question wrong. Whilst you got. Well, admittedly, with a bit of luck, you got the hardest question right. So, well done, Calvin. Do, I, um, do I, a breaker for me. Ask me how many players were in the famous five. <laughs> no, it was eight. No, anyway, five. Um, five. I take. I take it. I won. So, <laughs> anyway, so um, that concludes this. This that concludes today's podcast. Now. We'll be very, very busy this week because we will be bringing you an interview with Hibs Women's star young centre-half, Leah Eddy. She's coming on the podcast on Wednesday night, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And we'll be putting a tweet out um, later on to ask you if you have any questions for Leah. So please do get your questions for Leah in. It's going to be an, a pretty good interview, I think. You know, I'm looking forward to speaking to Leah um, about her Absolutely. career also getting called up to the Scotland squad as well. And then we'll have a review of the Dundee game, as well as previewing the weekend action as well on Thursday, our usual Thursday podcast. Until next time, glory, glory to the high beast.